Okay, well, um, well, I've got some thoughts that the Lord laid upon my heart. Back in August, I had a few thoughts in August of 2018. It was just an illustration, and I didn't know when I was going to speak about it. I didn't put any other thoughts down. I just wrote something down at the beach back in August, and um, it was only this week as I was preparing that the Lord told me that it was for, the, it was for your church. So this is something that's ministered to me, and, and I know that the Lord is going to minister to you today. I've entitled my thoughts, Go With The Flow. Can you say that? The Lord wants us to go with the flow. If we can just turn to Acts chapter 9, please. Acts chapter 9 and verse 3 to 6, the 3 to 9, and then we'll move down a little bit. Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it's talking about Saul. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did he eat or drink. And verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forwith, and arose and was baptized. Verses 19 and 20. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he was the Son of God. Saul was a well-known, infamous persecutor of Christians. He had such a life-altering conversion and from then on became known as Paul. He was never the same again. And I think we can relate. When we've had our conversions, we're never the same again. Paul ended up being one of the most well-known apostles and dedicated his whole life to serving and preaching the message of salvation and who God really is. Leading and mentoring pastors and leaders... He wrote letters to various churches, writing nearly half of the New Testament books, all for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. This is how his ministry started on the road to Damascus. And the record of this event on the road to Damascus was the biggest turning point in Paul's life. Let's look at verse 5 again. And he, or Saul, said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Kick against the pricks, in another version of the Bible, is described as, it is useless for you to fight against my will. The term kick against the pricks is only used twice in the Bible, both in the book of Acts, describing the same event. 
It is hard for you to kick against the pricks was a Greek proverb or saying that was also well known and familiar to the Jews. The pricks that were mentioned in this message were referring to an ox goad. An ox goad was a stick with a pointed piece of iron on its tip used to prod the oxen when plowing. The farmer would prick the animal to steer it in the right direction. Sometimes the animal would rebel by kicking against the prick and this would result in the prick being driven even further or deeper into the flesh of the oxen. Basically, the more the ox rebelled, the more it suffered. The Apostle Paul, then known as Saul, was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians when he had a blinding encounter with Jesus, literally. He, was, uh, he had been doing what he thought was right, but he was so sincerely wrong. His old way of life was getting him nowhere. God identified what he was doing as rebellious and futile. And until he had a life-altering encounter with God, Paul wasn't able to accomplish God's will in his life. He was kicking against the pricks or fighting against God's will, making futile attempts to do it his way. And in turn, he only accomplished terror, fear, dissatisfaction and sorrow in his life and in the lives of others around him. He was trying to do things his own way or the way that he thought was right in his own eyes, but he wasn't successful. It took Paul a real encounter with God and a total change of his ways and how he saw things in order for his life to drastically change for the better. He no longer kicked against the pricks, but he learned how to go with the flow. Can we say go with the flow? In August of 2018, like I said, I decided to go to the beach with my husband, who's a keen fisherman, and I thought I want to spend some quality time with him. And as he was there, you know, um, fishing, you know, I think, I think he had several uh, rods at once, and he was just, you know, casting one and the other and the other, and I was secretly bored out of my brain, but thought, you know what, I'm going to be the nice, loving wife and just watch my husband fish. <laughs> I was um, sidetracked, and I was mesmerized by what I saw. I saw a whole flock of seagulls. And they were trying to fly. Now, there was a big gust of wind. And what they were trying to do was fly against the current. So one would try, he'd get up, and he would try and fly against the current, and he would flap his wings, and he was desperate. And he'd try and get against the current, and guess what? He was blown back. He'd be thrown to the floor, and then he'd try again, and another one would try. And they would continually try. I think I was watching for about 20 minutes. I don't know. Don't ask me why, but I was watching, and I thought, wow, this could preach. And they kept trying to, to fight against the current and fly against the current, and it was futile. They got nowhere. They actually were thrown back further than when they started. Sometimes, it reminded us of, of human beings, and sometimes we get caught up and headstrong in wanting to do things our way. We get an idea or way of thinking in our head, and it might seem right in our own eyes. We exert all this energy, flapping our spiritual wings, but we can't fly high and we can't fly far. We go around in circles and still end up in the same place as we started. Actually, we may be even further back than when we started. Sometimes you may find yourself going through the same things, the same trials, the same issue, the same cycle over and over again in your life. Asking God to get you out or asking him why you're going through it is the wrong question. For something to change, something has to change. There needs to be a break in our mindset, in our thinking, in our actions. We have to change. We have to change how we respond. 
We can't fight battles the way we fought them before because it is futile. If we're fighting God's plan, God's path, God's direction for our lives, we are trying to fly against the current and it won't get us anywhere. We'll be stuck in a rut, not a season, unless we surrender and turn from our way of doing things and surrender to the Lord. No longer in our strength, but it is the Lord that will guide us. Ruts are different to seasons, and I think I've mentioned this before. They're in that they last as long as we are in them. People are stuck in ruts until they change their pattern of thinking, until they change their responses to sorrow and situations that hurt, until they change their mindset, their habits, and their behaviors. Seasons are a part of life. It's in the Word of God. But ruts ruts are not God-ordained. People can stay in ruts for years or for the rest of their lives. That's not a season. That's being stuck either in unforgiveness, in the past, in our usual way of responding to hurts and situations. There is no change unless we change. Like the seagulls I observed, we can't go anywhere if we're flying against the current, the current of God's leading, the current of God's spirit and God's will for our lives. Instead of flying against the current, We need to go with the flow. Flow with the Holy Ghost and be led by the Spirit of God. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk in the path and plan that God has ordained for us. If we want to go with the flow, we need to deal with our past hurts and wounds. If not, they will destroy us because bleeding people bleed on people. Wounded people wound people. You may have been hurt deeply in life. I know I have been. But if we don't deal with it, if we continue to run away from facing it, if we don't renew our minds and patterns of thinking, it will affect who we are in Christ. We become jaded and behave in ways that are contrary to how a child of God should act. We will act differently, walk differently, think differently, be different. We will unintentionally hurt other people because pain is all we can see, hear, feel or think because unforgiveness clouds our minds and our mindset and our judgment. So we end up bleeding on people and wounding people because our wounds are so great in our lives. We become stuck in a rut, a rut of unforgiveness and the past. The only way to get out of our ruts is to get out. Surrender to God. Choose to go down the right path, whether you feel like it or not, whether it's popular or not. Stop fighting God's plan for your life. If he's placed you and I in a situation, ask God, what do I need to learn from this situation? How can I overcome it, Lord, in order for him to give us the strength to make it? Ask God to help you to forgive and to move on. Be open and transparent with him. Moving on and forgiveness is a choice and a lifestyle. It's not a one-off event. We must choose to do it even when we don't feel like it. Amen. Living in unforgiveness, living in the past is like flying against the current. It's being stuck in a rut. But going with the flow will enable us to have victory and to move forward in our lives. A rut in Jonah's instance was being thrown overboard from a ship and being swallowed by the whale. His actions got him there. It wasn't a season. It wasn't God ordained. It was him flying against the current or swimming against it. That's where it got him, in the belly of a big fish. And until he surrendered, until he stopped thinking about his own will and surrendered to God's will, he was stuck in that rut. 
He had to choose to change his attitude and mindset. And only then was Jonah able to move forward, leave the belly of the fish and fulfill the calling that God had over his life to minister to the people of Nineveh. Are you tired of flying against the current which causes you to slump, sink or plunge? Flying against the current, against the move of God and the will of God in our lives is only going to lead to disaster and negativity in our lives. It will keep us from ever moving on. It will keep us from the destiny and call that God has for you and I. Instead of flying against the current for our own spiritual safety and benefit, we need to go with the flow. We need to soar and glide. We know that popular portion of scripture in Isaiah that talks about, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It talks about an eagle. Eagles fly by soaring. It's much more energy efficient than flapping wings. People have adopted this technique. That's why we, that's what we've got with aeroplanes and gliding and soaring. Eagles are born with big, heavy wings. And part of the survival mechanism they are born with is that they have to learn how to fly without actually flapping their wings. They have to learn this in order to conserve energy. Eagles can die if they expend too much energy flapping their wings during flight. As a result, what eagles have to learn to do very early on to, to soar without flapping their wings is to wait for wind thermals to come upon them. A wind thermal is a big gust of wind that will rise up from the atmosphere. Sometimes eagles will remain perched there for days up high before they can catch a strong wind thermal. Then they launch out onto it, go with the flow, and uh, soar into the wind current to get them to successfully travel distances. Just like the eagle has to learn how to catch the wind thermal and use his big wings to soar and glide in order to survive, we have to learn how to be led by the Spirit daily. We have to learn how to go with the flow in the Spirit. Just like the eagle has to learn how to ride and navigate on those strong wind thermals or to go with the flow, we have to learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and be Spirit-led so we can move to another level in God deeper, higher, further. Eagles are masters at flying because they have learned to go with the flow. They have learned how to fly, soar, glide with the strong thermal winds and currents. As a result of this, eagles can fly to heights that no other bird can. They are able to fly as high as some airplanes do. In order for us, God's children, to be masters at flying, we, where we have our strength renewed, We need to rely on the Spirit of God to guide us, lead us, urge us, push us. We can't fight against it anymore. Just like eagles depend on those strong wind thermals to take them to heights, in the same way we need to be taken to heights that we may have never dreamed possible if we would just learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. On the whole, eagles will always be found living on some type of higher ground than other birds. Our theme at Grace Point Church this year is another level. And I've noticed that your theme is anchored. And I was thinking, we need to go with the flow in order to go to that higher ground, to get to another level and to be anchored in Jesus. The seagulls that I observed back in August were frantically impatient. 
They wanted to get out of the area that they were in. They wanted to move and migrate as soon as possible. Regardless of how futile their attempts were, they were desperate and insistent, but it got them nowhere. Eagles are different in that they are very patient. They don't surge ahead, but they wait for the right time to catch a thermal wind. In going with the flow, we learn that we can't and we don't rush the the hand of God in our lives. Like that scripture in Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord. Eagles go with the flow of the wind and only then can they soar and glide. Sometimes we may be headed in the right direction and doing our best for the Lord, but then a strong current or wind knocks us off our feet. Maybe it's a tragedy in our lives or trial that discourages us. Maybe someone has betrayed our trust, spoken against us. Maybe our children have been giving us grief or we are financially unstable and vulnerable. Maybe our health has taken a turn for the worse or we are feeling down and out spiritually and physically. Well, let me encourage you, just like the eagle, we need to use those strong thermal winds to make us and not break us in life. Sometimes it's those strong currents that cause us to shift to higher ground. Those strong currents take us further than ever before. We need to go with the flow and not fight it any longer because only then we can fulfill our God-given destiny. When a mother eagle builds her nest, she starts with thorns, broken branches, sharp rocks, and a number of other items that seem entirely unsuitable for the project. But then she lines the nest with a thick padding of wool feathers and fur from animals that she has killed, making it soft and comfortable for the eggs. By the time the growing birds reach the flying age, the comfort of the nest and the luxury of free meals make them quite reluctant to leave the nest. That's when the mother eagle begins stirring up the nest. Have you heard that saying before? With her strong talons, she begins pulling up the thick carpet of fur and feathers that she's put in, bringing the sharp rocks and branches to the surface. As more of the bedding gets plucked up, the nest becomes more uncomfortable for the young eagles. Eventually, this and other urgings prompt the growing eagles to leave their once comfortable abode and move on to more mature behavior. If young eagles were to give up and call defeat, they would never experience the freedom and art of soaring and flying. They had to get uncomfortable in order to move away from their current situation. Just like the mother eagle, God knows what is best for us, his children. In our spiritual nest will be things of comfort, warmth, and love, and we've all received that. However, in order for us to grow spiritually, there will also be things that cause us discomfort and pain. But it's only in those things, in those times and circumstances that we can learn how to leave our nest and learn how to fly, learn how to soar and glide and be led by the Spirit. We can't fight it, but we need to go with the flow so we can fly. You may ask, how do I go with the flow? We need to respond to the voice of God. Let go of the fear and what's been holding you and I back. Decide that enough is enough. No more circling around aimlessly or flying against the current. Place and surround yourself with people that can encourage you. Positive people. People that you look up to spiritually. Spend time with them. Fellowship with them. Be accountable to someone. Your pastor, your pastor's wife, the elders in the church. We can't um, develop a prayer partner. 
Think about what do you spend most of your time and energy on? This could be keeping you in a rut. You won't change unless you change. Change how you live your life, what you listen to, what you watch and spend your time doing. Don't wait for it to happen because it won't happen on its own. You have to make the changes to ensure that you're walking along the path and journey that God has for you. Set boundaries and guardrails. Whether you feel like it or not, they're for your own spiritual safety, health and benefit. Cultivate a lifestyle of prayer and reading his word. This will give us our strength to overcome sin and temptation. Can't do it in our own strength. Can't do it without the word of God and his spirit in our lives. We're not strong enough. Put on the whole armor of God so you can withstand the enemy. It gives you the strength to overcome. Be spirit-filled and be spirit-led. What the Lord is leading you or telling you or urging you to stop doing, obey him and stop. Don't kick against the pricks any longer. The ox goad is there to align us with the will of God. God, um, Allow God to put us on the straight and narrow. Some people fly against the current because of rebellion or maybe their fear of the unknown. But stop fighting that current. It only weakens us out. It only wears us out and weakens us. Go with the flow. What the Lord is telling you to do through his word, through the preaching and teaching of his word, through the man of God, through the the elders, what he's telling you to do, do. So these are some pointers. So what he's telling you not to do, stop doing. What he's telling you to do, do. If we go back to our original chapter in Acts chapter 9, if we look at verse 17 to 20, Actually, I'll read verse 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight. This is Saul. For with and arose and was baptized. Verse 19. And when he received meat, he was strengthened. Then, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And verse 20. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. This same man, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, an apostle of the Lord, stopped flying against the current and went with the flow of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 22, Paul was recounting his encounter with God. And if if you look at Acts chapter 22, verses 13 to 16, it's Ananias that came to me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord." Saul's encounter led to his conversion and high calling in God. He was given his sight, his ministry, and most importantly, he obtained his salvation. Let me ask you, why tarriest thou? What is stopping you? What is it that God requires of you and I? Is it to obey his order of salvation, of repenting, being baptized, and being filled with his spirit as found in his word? Or is it that he wants us to forgive those who have hurt us 
What is he asking us to do? Or what is he asking us to stop? Is he asking us to stop those feelings of jealousy or stop watching or or frequenting the places that we're going to? What is he asking of us? It is not worth it if we kick against the bricks and fly against the current. What we need to do is go with the flow. It's going to be easier. We won't feel weak anymore. Amen. We will soar and we will glide like eagles because God's going to give us the strength because His Spirit will lead and guide us and give us that strength. Don't tarry any longer if we can stand. Don't tarry any longer. Don't kick against the pricks. Don't fly against the current. But go with the flow. And this evening, as as I open up the altars, if the Lord has spoken to you, I want you to take a step of faith and move forward. If God has spoken to you about how he wants you to go with the flow, I want you to come forward and make a declaration, make a stand and say, Lord, from today, I choose to stop fighting you. I choose to stop flying against the current, but I'm going to make my way and go with the flow. I want to be spirit led and spirit filled and allow you to, to direct every path of my life. So I open these altars this evening. If you desire to be anchored in the word and anchored in the Lord, if you desire to go to another level and get deeper with the Lord, if you want your calling and your ministry to excel in Him, it's time now to say, Lord, I refuse to fly against the current. I refuse to kick against the pricks. I'm going to make my way to you and go with the flow. And you're going to renew my strength. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.